Welcome to Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. Do you sometimes feel alone in life with personal and interpersonal struggles and challenges? We'll show you that you are not alone and that you can learn and thrive from your challenges and thereby live a healthy life. Now, here is your host, Dr. Vadisha Patel. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. I find in my own life and in my life as a therapist that um, what we do today is definitely influenced by our past experiences, both the pleasant ones and the unpleasant ones, and also how we may have handled those situations. I'm pretty sure that many of you who are listening have had similar experiences, but wouldn't it be great if we could reconfigure the past, possibly recognize some of those past challenges we've had, and start to understand how they're impacting us today? What if we could learn and unlearn patterns and be able to move forward to a healthier life for all of us? Well, today's guest is the creator and director of the Institute of Healing Arts, Pam Robinson has developed a program of processes that guide people to successfully and effectively deal with past traumas so that they can live their fullest life. Pam believes that by healing the past, one can alter the trajectory of the future. Welcome, Pam, and thank you so much for joining me today on Perspectives. Hi, and thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and I love what we're talking about today. Well, it's good, so because important. I am looking forward to an amazing conversation with um, with the work that you do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, thank you. Thank I would you. Also, I'd also like to add that you are the oldest of eight children and the mother of five. And so I'm and you also you have a degree in elementary education. So I think you have a lot of practical experience, probably in working with um, <laughs> children and watching how that trajectory sort of unfolds as as they grow up into adults. Um, yes, I do. And go ahead. No, go on. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, um, when we're working with children, they are so impressionable, and they absorb all the influences around them, spoken and unspoken. And they take it all in, and it becomes part of, how they see their world, it defines, it starts to define their filters and their perspectives. And, and we want to make sure that we're messaging to our children truths and, uh, and in, information that's going to be helpful for them. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I, I would agree completely. I, I know when I do my parenting work in my practice and if I'm speaking on parenting, this, the concept of modeling and the concept of not just the words that we say to our children or that they hear, but the behaviors and um, the feelings they get from how they react to what we're saying and right. doing around them. That makes so much sense. Yes, that makes so much sense. So yes. I would actually so, like. Um, go ahead. I'd like to actually start off before we get too much into the actual work you do. I'd like to understand a little bit okay. and have our listeners understand um, your personal story and how you came to do the work that you're doing. I think for the last almost twenty years. I think it was it two thousand that you created this institute. Yes. Yes. And yes, I'd love to share a little bit about my story. So in the mid nineteen nineties. 
Um, I had just had my fifth baby. I was definitely overwhelmed, and, and I appreciate the opportunity to share this story because there might be some of you out there that find yourself maybe not in these exact circumstances, but maybe with some of the same feelings. Um, I felt overwhelmed. I was experiencing some depression. Um, I wasn't bouncing back after having this fifth baby. She was about eight months old at the time. My oldest was 10. Uh, My mom kept calling me and suggesting that I go and see a gentleman that might be able to help me. And when I finally went, he used muscle testing to identify an age where I was blocked emotionally. and And he identified the age of 13 months old. And I couldn't really, off the top of my head, recall anything at 13 months old. However, within a short amount of time, a few seconds, a memory opened up, and I remembered mm-hmm. that I'd been in a car accident at 13 months old. Oh, wow. And at 13 months... Go ahead. No, oh. I, I actually wanted to interrupt for one quick second to, um, if you could yes. just take a, a, a minute and explain muscle testing because I'm familiar with it, but oh, I'm not yes. sure if all the listeners are familiar with oh. it. Oh, wonderful. Yes. So what muscle testing is, is it's, an, um, it's a way that we can interact with the intelligence of the body. And I held my non-dominant arm out straight to the side of me and he pushed on it um, And we work under the premise that the body is intelligent, that it's a conduit of truth, that it has the capacity to respond with a positive or a negative response based on a true statement that someone makes. And it's it's also based, like we have technology, the polygraph test, where you can strap electrodes to your wrist and receive a a loss of energy when you make a statement that's not true. And so when he was muscle testing, um, he tested uh, all the way down to 13 months old and was able to identify that that's where I was blocked emotionally. And I, I promise muscle testing, it's called applied kinesiology, and it's not a perfect science, but it's 99.9% accurate and can give us great information about where to start with some of our emotional issues and where we're stuck. Uh, and so it, it really brought some awareness to me in my experience because I didn't tell him about the accident. He gathered that information from my body because the story has been recorded in my body. And the body knows what it needs to heal. And it was directing us to 13 months old, saying, indicating that I might have some emotional trauma there that needed to be addressed in order for me to be find relief from some of the depression. And, and he also explained to me that depression can come because of suppressed anger and because of deep sadness and feeling, uh, having feelings of powerlessness or hopelessness. And, and that feeling had stayed with me. Uh, because that the accident had never gotten resolved. I've never so even been able to talk about it at thir- 13 months old. Yeah. So um, it's interesting that it happened after your fifth child. It, it you didn't have these feelings when you with your other children. Well, I didn't experience it this heavy. Okay. And 
I had struggled with feelings about the accident and my faith throughout my childhood while I was dating. I mean, I knew that my husband loved me. I just didn't think it was bothering me anymore. And what we uncovered is he asked me what I had decided about myself, and I had concluded that I was ugly, that I was broken, that something was really damaged with my face. I ended up having 110 stitches in my face, or over 110 stitches in my face. They did four hours of surgery, and the doctors, they put me back together physically. And the scars really, really aren't that noticeable. But to me, they were huge. It was all I saw when I looked in the mirror because I'd gone through that trauma. But as we started to work through these feelings, and I had tears streaming down my face because this was getting kind of opened up, right. I, um, I felt, you know, all those feelings of shame come back and in, feeling inadequate and not good enough and not beautiful. And, and, he, and he asked me, if if I, you know, he let me kind of lean into that emotion. I cried for a time. Um, I, I didn't think there was anything we could really do about it. But then he said, well, would you like to stop doing ugly? And I didn't know if we could or couldn't. I said, well, mm-hmm. we can't really change anything because I was in the accident. But then he said, um, we can't really change what happened, but we can reframe it. We could change the belief system. Maybe you don't, maybe you want to re-choose a different belief system and help that 13-month-old child make a different choice. And he said, because we're going to the, the um, age of origination, we have greater power to re-choose. It sounded wonderful. I was <laughs> cautious. I was doubtful. I didn't think it could work. <laughs> But I, so what he did is he had me imagine this belief system. We called it doing ugly. We called it just that. And we, I put it into a black triangle and I, and I felt something shift out of my heart. And then I moved some more blackness out and put it in a black square. And, and my heart started to lighten just a little bit. And, and then I had an awareness right then in that moment that changed my life. I realized that the little baby didn't know that right. time would heal would heal the scars. Doctors would be able to put you together, that what happened to me wasn't permanent. And it didn't have to define who I was. And so I had an opening happen in my heart where I could see the truth. And the truth is, is that you can be in a car accident, have 110 stitches in your face, and still be beautiful. The work that I do, the, we call it the, um, the integrative process, has the capacity to bring an and into, this, into the emotional equation. Instead of an either or, all or nothing, right or wrong, black or white, little children's minds really kind of only function in, in, those, um, in those ways, in those absolutes. And by processing or talking through this and using visualization and muscle testing, I was able to let go of that absolute thinking and see an and. And that's what set me free. And is this a process that for you personally, is, is it something that took a long time? Because clearly this was many years later that you're discovering 
these feelings that have right. been locked inside. Right. And and what I and what I understand from working through my own issues and supporting others in working through their issues um, is that it's kind of like trying to eat a pie. And sometimes some traumas take maybe six slices or eight slices or maybe 10, depending on the trauma or more, to work through an aspect or a slice of the trauma until that somatic marker heals. And the brain then is no longer charged with the emotion around the trauma. And there's healing that happens. And the mind and the heart start to become more whole and more integrated. That's been my experience. That's been my what I've witnessed as the fruits of the process. That sounds um, that sounds very powerful, and um, I'm I'm curious as to why it comes out at any particular moment. Is it um, is it just having oh. your fifth child triggered it, or does it even matter? Is it just that whenever oh. we find it? That we that you can That's a good take care question. of it. Yes, I I think that yes, the fifth child triggered it. But the most amazing thing in working with, um, in participating in over sixteen thousand sessions over the last twenty five years, because I sat across from this gentleman and said, "I want to learn how to do what you're doing. I want to help <laughs> others be liberated." And so I studied with him for three years, and then in two thousand. I started teaching and training people, and we have a school and a center where we teach people how to do this process. But I have people come in, and they, they'll, they'll decide, I want to work on my beliefs about finances or my health or my weight or, or heavy feelings that I'm carrying about self-esteem or issues with my mother or my father. And we can actually, right then muscle test and use the arm and identify an age where they might be blocked or stuck and the body will reveal that information. We can actually do muscle testing wireless and test and do a self-test on our hands and work with people on the phone. I've had clients in London. I have students in New Zealand. I have all over the the West, the Midwest, and the East of the United States. So we can work over the phone, and and we have that technology. Uh, We use wireless technology all the time. I feel like the body already knows how to do that. It's intelligent. It's brilliant. And as we're accessing this information, where is that locked inside of me? What age should I focus on? And age will be revealed, and, and they'll bring back either a memory of a specific trauma or we will look at the dynamics in the family and what the unspoken and spoken belief systems were in their home and the generational patterns that they're being affected by in present time. So the, so the, the having the baby did trigger it, but I'd been carrying that with me for a long time, but the trigger did bring it up, and, and that's, that's where we went to start unravel some of this. Okay, that sounds okay, that so sounds interesting, question. and I want to in our next segment, um, I want to go into specifics about the process and exactly what all the different aspects of it are. Um, but right now, we're going to go to a 
short commercial break. So please stay tuned. We're talking to Pam Robinson of the Institute of Healing Arts. If you have questions, you can email me, Dr. Vidisha Patel at drvforkids at yahoo.com. We will be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you stopped to think seriously about hypnosis? Hypnosis can set you on your way to better health, can free you from anxiety, phobias, and so much more. Join host Inez Simpson for Hypnosis Everywhere, Inez Simpson and the Simpson Protocol. This show is for anyone from the experienced hypnotist practitioner to the merely curious. Inez Simpson offers tools and insights from the whole world of hypnosis with guests and open discussions. Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol, airs live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number four, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel, and I'm here talking with Pam Robinson about ways that we can start to work through past trauma so we can also learn to live a fuller life. Pam is the creator um, and of the Institute of Healing Arts and is the well, she's not. She's created this integrated process that we are we're going to talk about a little bit in this segment. So, Pam, just before we get started in your process, I would like to find out from you the man that you worked with, the gentleman you worked with when you discovered your trauma from 13 months. Um, what were his? What was his background? What were his credentials? Sure. So. Um, I want you to know that the process actually originated in the late 1980s by a woman named Valerie Morton Siemens and another gentleman. She was a naturopath, and she Uh used muscle testing to identify what supplements people might need, a B vitamin or an enzyme, to try to help their body and their physical symptoms. 
But what she realized, even though she was doing or muscle testing what the body needed as far as nutritional support to help with healing, even though people would take the supplements, they still weren't healing. And she recognized early on, she was before her time, that there was an emotional component that would oftentimes block their ability to heal. She was able to organize the the process in such a way that it brought in many modalities, uh, for example, muscle testing, uh, guided visualization, speak out feelings, using symbols and shapes as a way to help um, relieve pain or heavy emotion, role play, um, affirmations at the end, and working on behaviors so that behaviors could change after the process. So she was training my mentor, and his name is Ron Wayman, and he's in Salt Lake City, and he um, was a nature path as well. And he brought the process to Utah, he was the first one in Utah to uh, to bring this information, and he's way before this movement of people becoming more conscious of their thoughts and their and how thoughts affect their fe- uh, feelings, and then how that affects our physical health. and And these were the pioneers in this field in the alternative realm, and right. we know that. Trained therapists have been aware of this for a while, but this was a new approach to some of these core beliefs and schemas, belief systems. And so he was a nature path as well. And I was studying, well, I went to him to try to help me, and we did an emotional process. And that's when my life changed and my beliefs started to change on a core level. Okay. So how okay. did you now how did how did you develop your institute and how did you start working with okay. what you call the integrated process? Okay, so then what happened is is that after studying with him for 3 years, I had lots of people coming to me asking, "Will you teach us how to do this?" And if, I said no. Because I was fearful, I was shy, I didn't dare, I didn't have a voice, I didn't know how to speak up, I was shut down, and and I said no at first, but after another year, people saying, please teach us in our area, we want to know how to do this. Okay. And so I developed um, a curriculum, um, and I started teaching the, the steps of the process and the simplicity of what how I knew it, but I started to add more information and context. And, and we met every Thursday night for four or five hours. People would practice the process with each other. They would practice the muscle testing. And I watched them become skilled in such a way that they could help and serve others and in such a way that they could help themselves because they started to do some self-processing which right. is remarkable, which, which I use that tool as well. And then um, after six months, I said, okay, I think we're done. And they said, oh, no, we need more information. So I developed another six months' worth of curriculum, and we now have a 645-hour certification course and where the practitioners, the facilitators, 
get to work through their own issues and then help guide others through their belief systems and their perspectives, their misperceptions, and they get to work through those. Um, And so then, and we've we've been uh, operating since the year 2000. We've had thousands of people come through the school that are able to work with friends and family um, and or they've started to build a clientele because we have um, just developed a wonderful curriculum and helped them work through their issues. We're not clinical therapists, but we, through experience and by helping ourselves and helping others, we can move people through uh, past pain and belief systems. So just to clarify, and I think that is an important point to clarify, is that this is yes. not a medical treatment and there's no right. medical diagnosis, there's no psychological right. diagnosis. Um, and so anybody could really participate in learning this process. Is that correct? Yes. And the reason and the reason why I have worked so hard in developing the language for this is I have wanted to help mothers and fathers uh, learn how to use this technique in such a way that they can then help their children and the the child's having a meltdown and the parents would know what question to ask. And I understand that you're feeling some anger and disappointment. Can you tell me what that's about? And let's talk about that. And oftentimes, the parent can then use questions in conversation about, well, how is this making you feel? And maybe that experience with the friend, maybe you felt embarrassed or maybe you felt um, uh, like not treated well. And we're trying to help the parents find their voice and language their own feelings. And as they work on their own issues, they become more mature and then they can help their children. And I, I have a, a little personal example. I don't know if we have time. It would probably take me one or two minutes to share. I don't know if you'd sure, like to please let do. me go there. I'd love, to, I, I'd love to hear a story. That would okay. be great. Okay. So as um, I have to tell you that, and I'm going to talk about my own personal family pattern and how I was raised. My, my, again, I'm the oldest of eight. I didn't really learn how to swear until I had children. Even though my mom, <laughs> even though my mom had her two favorite swear words, and I don't know why as parents we swear at our children and we get mad at them thinking that it's going to motivate them and make them do things faster, it doesn't really work. But I have to tell you, within 24 hours, I noticed that the process had power to change behavior. I've been trying not to swear. My little three-year-old was picking up on the words that I would say every morning trying to get my kids on the bus on time. This right. pressure would build up inside of me, and I would, I would just go off, and I, I, would tr- I was trying not to. My husband knew that it was coming from me because he didn't use those words, <laughs> and <laughs> I, I didn't know how to stop. I tried to. It was like it was an automated system. I have to tell you, the day after I did the process, All the pressure was building up. I was trying to get the kids to hurry so we wouldn't miss the bus. And I went to swear, and no swear words came out. And I was able to manage my behavior. I had more maturity. I helped my little 13-month-old 
um, understand that she wasn't the cause of the accident, that it wasn't her fault. And I had worked through some anger towards God, who I thought was in charge of all of this and didn't protect me. And, and as I had to address some of that anger with God, my need to swear diminished. And I was able to work with my own children as a more mature adult, a more mature parent. And I've noticed so many changes in my own life within relationships and in my health. I have to say that as I continue to do processing, my physical pain started to diminish. When you've been in a car accident at 13 months old, I started having pain at age 7, chronic shoulder pain, headaches, TMJ, hip pain, leg aches. My mom was taking me to chiropractors and doctors to try to help manage this pain. I was sleeping on funny pillows, round pillows, trying to help with this. I had a lot of stomach aches. The stomach and the neck are very connected. Um, As I started to do the emotional work, my body started to heal. And that's another reason why I'm so passionate about this, because a lot of the physical pain in our body is emotional. And once the issues are addressed at those original ages, the body can let go of the pain and it start, and the mind will start to see that there's purpose in the suffering. I wasn't just suffering for naught. I went through some of these trials to help me to personally learn how to grow resilience and post-traumatic growth. And when right. I could lean into the strength, the strength of my character, the body could let go of the pain. This is this is really fascinating because I know that personally in my practice as well I, I do a lot of work with emotions and the and I realize yes. that the emotions do have an impact on our physical body and our physical health so addressing those mm-hmm. emotions is very important but I'm intrigued as to how this process the integrated process um, works and so maybe you could talk us through the I believe it's a four-step process. So I was wondering if you could talk us through that process. Okay. So the first part is gather information. It has to do with identifying an age of origination that we want to work on. Also identifying um, who's involved, whether it's mom or dad or someone else, a sibling uh, an authority figure, a school teacher, something that, and we identify who that person is. And then the second part is we kind of put the story together. We identify what was happening, what number child that family, the, the person is in their family, and some of the family dynamics where they were living, maybe what grade they were in. And then we work on um, maybe what they were experiencing, either an event that comes to mind that they remember um, or the dynamics in the family. Maybe we're looking at observations that they made. How did dad treat mom? How did mom treat dad? Um, and how they, and really we start to zero in on belief systems that they have about themselves. For example, feeling lost in a large family. Maybe they were born in the middle as a middle child. Maybe perhaps at school, some kids weren't treating them well and they felt bullied or not safe in their school experience. Or maybe mom didn't pick them up after school and when she was supposed to and they felt alone or abandoned. And so we, we talk about just those feelings. We don't do any diagnoses or, um, 
or psychoanalysis or anything like that. We're uh-huh. just looking at feelings. And then what they do um, is we have them imagine some of those heavy feelings coming out of them into a shape and a color. And we use the power to visualize, to okay. edit, and to move those heavy feelings. Um, and then as we progress in the progress, uh, process, we still work through those belief systems and um, they identify, I felt unimportant, I felt uh, shame, or no, I felt not, uh, let's see, well, a belief system could be, I don't feel worthy of support, I don't feel like I'm important, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. A lot of the, um, oh, a lot of our core beliefs can be reduced to not feeling good enough and not feeling lovable. So we kind of go into that space. Uh As we clear all that, the muscle testing will indicate when we're ready to move on to the closure. Okay. So the muscle testing is quality control. It helps us to recognize that, okay, we've, we've moved everything we need to in this session. Now we can go on to the final part, which is a clearing, um, it's scripting, it's saying, it's words like, I clear negative beliefs of not feeling good enough and lovable, I clear all the fear and sadness, I clear the anger, I send it to the sun to be repolarized into positive energy, and then I replace it with knowing that I am important, I'm beautiful, I'm lovable, I'm good enough, I'm wanted, and and just because mom forgot to pick me up after school doesn't mean I'm not important. It just means mom was interrupted and couldn't get to me when she wanted to. So we try to help that child understand the truth. And then the mom comes in. This is We do all this work to get to the role play part. We invite the mother in, in her pure essence, her higher self, and we have that mother apologize to the child. Now... There are some parents that are not emotionally mature enough to apologize or think they did anything wrong. Right. And we understand that. But we help the child understand that they're worthy of an apology, whether the mother or father is alive and can give it to them or where, whether they can't offer that. We help them feel what it feels like to have the parent take accountability for their part. This is so, where Pam, a large so part of the year. I'm going to I'm going to happen. interrupt you right there, Pam, yes. because we have to go okay. to a com- yes. short commercial break, and I don't want to okay. lose okay. your train of thought. So hold on to it, um, and to our listeners, don't go away. We'll be right back to t- talk some more about the integrated process and how we can heal our best. This is Perspectives, and I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. We will be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. 
It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Steps to a healthier you. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are tuned into Perspectives with Dr. Vadisha Patel. If you would like to reach the show today, please call into 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Patel at drv4kids at yahoo.com. That's Dr. V, the number 4, kids at yahoo.com. Now, back to Perspectives. Welcome back to the last segment of our show today. You're listening to Perspectives. I'm your host, Dr. Vidisha Patel. Please get in touch with me via email at drvforkids at yahoo.com if you have any questions or comments. I'd love to hear from you about today's show, about any other show or ideas that you may have. I'm here right now talking with Pam Robinson from the Institute of Healing Arts. So, Pam, right before the break... Uh, we were you were explaining to us um, the, the I believe it's the last stage of the process uh, where you actually bring in perhaps the parent to apologize to the I would call it the inner child. Uh, is it the inner child or is it just the child? The inner How child. Would you refer yes, to? it's the inner child. Yes. Right. And and I yes and I I feel like that we do all this preparatory work gathering information. Um, moving shapes and colors with heavy emotion, identifying core belief systems and behaviors, and working through the transition of the clearing or scripting. And then the role play part is where the adult parent comes in and the person's visualizing them, um, working with their inner child. I call it the little child part, but in the inner child's great. And they uh, take accountability and they acknowledge that uh, their part in what was happening. This offers clarity. There's usually a transference of love. By then, the heart is open, and we let the parent express their love, even if they weren't very good at it in their humanness or in their own belief systems or their own patterns of parenting. We have them model a new way, a new way of an of healing that inner child and speaking what needed to be spoken so that they can have their own inner child heal. But then what happens is because it becomes so powerful, they are then able to communicate and language as a parent themselves in better form to their own children. And the reason why I'm so happy to be on this show is because I know that you, Dr. Patel, have worked so much with children 
family patterns and family systems. And when family systems are dysfunctional and we need to make correction with parenting, this starts to, to heal those family patterns and we can start to operate more from a place of, of truth and maturity and, um, and put, a, put an end or a stop to the old patterns that are dysfunctional and not working anymore. Right. I thank you so much, and I agree with you. I, the The patterns sort of are this; um, they just run through how we respond as parents, as adults, to each other and to to children. I think it becomes a reflexive response because we haven't fully understood what our patterning was. So until we can understand it, it is hard to shift how how we parent. And I also feel that with children that many challenges that children face can be they can be assisted by shifting how we parent so this this is very valuable work and i find it fascinating i'm curious about the shapes and the colors how do you how how do you work with those okay and so um carl jung uh you know brought forward an understanding about how the subconscious works with symbolism and shapes and color. And as we use our capacity to image, to actually edit or delete um, old systems, we're basically reprogramming in some ways because we're, we use our imagination to imagine what we want in the future, how to dream and how to manifest those things that we want. It's also the very place that we use to release and to let go of old heavy feelings, old belief systems, and old patterns that carry a certain energy or mm-hmm. a certain emotion. And, uh, and these emotions, as they're released, start to create... Um, like a program out in front of us, a circle, a triangle, a mountain, a river, um, a black balloon, uh, maybe um, low will to live would come out, you know, it's a black star. It, it would just be whatever that person captures it in, in an image. And there's no right or wrong, but it gives it a place to go. It's like intention, or no, energy follows intention. And so you're basically directing it out of you and deciding what container to put it in. Kind of like we found some yucky stuff in the back of the refrigerator and we're deciding how to dispose of it. In a baggie, a trash can, that kind of a thing. Interesting. And now do you do you have do you come across individuals who really struggle with that process of the visualization of being able to um transfer that energy into some form or do you yeah, find that by the time they get yeah. there, they, they are able to do this? Yes, because sometimes it's intimidating and the mind goes into worrying about what it's supposed to be and they're worried that they're going to do it wrong. And we work to help them relax so that they're not fearful about it. And it takes a little bit of practice. There are some too that are stronger in their kinesthetic skill set or stronger in their auditory skill set. So practicing doing these visualizations can actually strengthen your ability to visualize 
And after a while, they start to relax and recognize that it's just anything that they choose to put out there. And they don't necessarily have to see anything. They can just decide to put it in a black garbage bag. After one session, they get used to it. And and just as they move through some of the heavy feelings, it becomes easier and easier. So it's not that complicated. And tell me, how many sessions do you typically work with somebody to go through all the steps of the process on average? I'm sure it's different for different people. Sure. So we have some people that will come in and try the process once or twice to see how they feel about it. We have some people that will come in six to eight times to work on a specific issue um, with career decisions or schooling or self-esteem. And then I have some people that, that come and join the year-long program, and they work on their issues for a year in a pretty intensive uh, space, and they, um, they do some of the learning online. There's lectures. There's 48 lectures that I've recorded. There's tests that they take. There are books that they read, book evaluations, and there's lab work, which is when they're working with someone um, in their class, and they support learning the new tech, the new information in the process. They support someone getting through a process, and then someone supports them getting through a process. Um, and so that's kind of uh, how we – and then there's me. I never graduated. I've, I've kept <laughs> on going for 25 years. <laughs> so, just, so. so it just depends on – and I, I've used it in in situations that have been really traumatic for our family. So when I feel now emotionally charged, um, I know I set aside some time to go inside and do some of that inner work and I identify the age and I work through the process and I promise I come out feeling renewed, whole, refreshed. There's a certain peace that comes when there's resolution. And it and it's long lasting. It it doesn't seem to go away. It just if another issue comes up, it just means that hey, one of my childlike parts of me is raising their hand saying, Hey, I need some attention too and then I learned to I just I work to manage that. And it's it's so very powerful. It can be learned. Yeah. That's actually a, a great point to to remember as well. That so this is not a this is not a one time thing. It might be for a specific there issue, but this is some this is a process that is used repeatedly as needed. Mm-hmm. And so right. um, my my question to you would be: if somebody came to you as a client for a specific issue and you went through the process with them, is that sufficient? Mm-hmm for them to then use that process on their own or um, is it advised that they continue to come back to a practitioner or do the the year-long training? Yes, it's advised that they come back and continue to work with a practitioner. There are some who have a really high emotional EQ or IQ and they, uh, they can pick it up after a few sessions. I also have the four-step process identified in my book, The Bright Red Bow, and all the steps are written down, and even some of the meanings of the shapes and colors are also listed there, where it was, it's really my intent to empower people, to, to teach people this emotional health education so that we can learn to manage our inner child and, and do some of our work with help. And it, it's really... 
uh, beneficial to have someone guide you and help you. I still have people that help me. I can do some on my own, but mm-hmm. I really love it when somebody reflects back to me and helps honor my inner child place part, that self, and then healing can happen. But I'm just saying it can be done both ways. Yeah, I, I think there is a lot of benefit to be able to interact with others. And at this time, if you wouldn't mind, I would love it if you would lead our listeners through a short visualization, maybe about two minutes or so, um, because sure. we have some time left in this last segment. Okay, I'd love to. I'm going to start off by sharing my favorite quote. It just says, the illiterate of our time will not be those who cannot read and write, but rather those who cannot learn, unlearn, and relearn. So we are the school of unlearning. And as we go into this visualization, I'd like you to imagine that you are letting go of old, congested emotions and maybe even old belief systems that we're willing to let go of so that we can then replace that with something more positive. So I'd like you to sit comfortably, or if you're lying down, that's fine too. And I'd like you to take a deep breath, and you can breathe in through your nose and out through your nose. And I'm going to we'll just breathe again. Breathe in through the nose and out through the nose. And then what I'd like you to do is imagine any heaviness that you are carrying in your body, on your shoulders, on the back of your neck, in your tummy, um, any tightness or heaviness. I'd like you to imagine that coming out of you and let it cluster and take a shape and a form and notice the color that comes out in front of you. Now, if you see something and it happens naturally, that's great. If you're having trouble seeing something, decide what to put it in. There's no right or wrong answer. And let that container hold all the energy of the tightness in your body and the heaviness that you might have been carrying around with you today. And let that go into that shape. And we're going to... Let it cluster and gather and be outside of you. And then what I'd like you to do is have anything that you're worried about, fear that you have that's sitting on the back of your mind, bothering you, or anxiety. I'd like you to move that and put that into a shape and a color and let that leave and cluster into a shape and a a form, giving it a color and let it be out there away from you. And then I'd also like you to let go of anger. So put that, any anger that you're holding on to, have that go into a shape and a color. And let as much as can be contained in that shape, let that leave you and no longer be in your auric field or in your organs or the systems of the body. Let it be contained in that shape. And then what I'd like you to do is see all of these shapes be absorbed up in a most beautiful, bright, white light, as bright as the sun, and let them leave your space, your energy, your aura, and any um, organs and systems of the body and be absorbed up in that white light until it's completely gone and you don't have to carry it anymore. And as that's leaving, 
something will be given back to you, a symbol, a gift, something positive that will help bring light, joy, and peace, a healing uh, feeling. And that gift that's being given back, notice what it is. It can be anything from a necklace to a book, an, a tree, an animal. Um, it could be a song or music. It could be a hug. It could be um, something that's meaningful to you. You get to hold on to it. It can never be taken from you. And as you hold on to that gift, identify what feeling you feel while you're holding it. It might be love, compassion, forgiveness for self or someone else, acceptance. It might be joy. It might be a feeling, just a feeling lighter. You get to hold on to that for the rest of the day. And I'm going to repeat just a couple of affirmations. And I want you to repeat those in your head at the very end. I Pam, am lovable. Pam, yes. I'm going to, I'm, unfortunately, yes. I'm going to have to stop the visualization. It was beautiful. Okay, and I, and I, I love just, the fact that we ended with ending. I am lovable. Um, there you it, go. I think it's yes. a beautiful way to end our show today. It's been a pleasure to have you. I want the listeners to know that um, you have written several books, The Bright Red Bow, um, Emotional Liberty, Emotional Superpowers, um, Empower a Child and Heal the World. And I would encourage everyone to look at your website, the Institute of Healing Arts. Uh, this is Dr. Vidisha Patel, for pers- your host for Perspectives. And I am thrilled that you were able to be with us today to talk about this integrated processing technique that you have that helps individuals heal their past and are thereby able to live a fuller and healthier future. So I look forward to being back with everyone next week for another edition of Perspectives. In the meantime, feel free to email me at drv4kids at yahoo.com with any questions or comments. Thank you again to Pam Robinson. Have a wonderful week and until next time. Thank you for listening to our program this week. Another edition of Perspectives with Dr. Vidisha Patel can be heard next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Until we talk again, have a lovely week.